welcome to Following Jesus Together, a podcast based off of the teachings and practices of Jesus and what that means for us in the modern age. This is a resource of Midtown Fellowship in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Lizzie. And this is Following Jesus Together. We've Lizzie and I have been talking about this for Oh, like a forever. Year. Five years, ten years. Yeah, we've been talking about this idea of doing a podcast for a long time, and we could talk about spiritual practices. And it's been on the back burner. And we've had times where we've scheduled we're going to record <laughs> this podcast definitely. Uh huh. And then definitely. either I get sick, and then we reschedule. But then Lizzie gets sick, and we've just kind of been going back and forth. And then. COVID-19 happened. Yeah, we were not everyone... sick with that, to be clear. Like, oh, yes, like... yes. Other sicknesses. <laughs> Little colds we're and fine. things, you know? We're, we're totally fine. fine. We're so healthy. But then COVID-19 happened, mm-hmm. and everyone is kind of just in their houses for, we're now a week and a half into it. No telling when it's going to let up. But Lizzie and I just kind of said, oh, this seems like now more than ever, we need to be talking about spiritual practices. Yeah, it seems like. A lot of people are putting out good virtual content right now, but we've been wanting to do this for our church family. I think in reality, we've been talking about it for like six or seven months. And then this seems like such a good time for our church family to connect over the same content and to all be hearing and thinking about the same thing. So though this is obviously a hard and weird time, I'm thankful for the timing in some ways. Yeah. This just seems like a big watershed moment in terms of when we talk about spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices and we can even unpack this a little bit more, but spiritual practices are the anchor for your soul so that when the bottom drops out, when reality hits you, you have an anchor for your soul. And it's like, oh, the whole world is experiencing a bottom out right now. Yeah. The whole world is just in this shock of, oh my gosh, what do we do? And it's like, yeah, spiritual practices. That's what we've been talking about. <laughs> so yeah, very excited to to finally get to talk about that. Yeah. Before we get into it, so for this first episode, we're just going to be talking about why spiritual practices are so important for us. Episodes after this, we'll be talking about specific spiritual practices that we can lean into while we're quarantined. There was a book I was reading recently. I think it was Ronald Rollheiser, The Domestic Monastery. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this book maybe about a month ago. And I heard that it was helpful for parenting and just thinking about God while you're parenting. But there was one quote that struck me. So this is a wise monk talking to another monk. Mm. And the younger monk is saying, what can I do to gain wisdom? And he says, go sit in your cell and your cell will teach you everything. And right now in our homes, we are experiencing a monastery of sorts where we are just secluded we're secluded from other people. We're left alone with our thoughts. This is really the time where the quarantine is exposing in us our inner dialogue, our idols that we wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Even in the season of Lent where we are fasting from things together, I've become aware of things that have a grip on my heart. But even just being quarantined, I am just seeing how much I believe lies about myself or just realize how big of a mess I am. Because of the quarantine. Yeah, I think the quarantine both reveals where we are spiritually and gives us a really awesome opportunity spiritually. I mean, I think an important thing to say is that you and I and lots of other people have been passionate about the spiritual practices long before this. But I think for me, the primary barriers, I think, to the spiritual practices 
and prioritizing them in my life and in other people's lives are time and then maybe some lack of training and equipping and how to do them. And so this podcast, we want to offer like actual training and equipping on how to do these things and how to practice these things that draw us closer to God. But I've just been sort of excited about the time barrier being gone. Like we so often, I mean, honestly, I think most of us for most of our lives feel like we don't have enough time. And all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, everyone universally said, oh gosh, except maybe like healthcare workers, everyone else said, oh my gosh, now I have too much time. And what a cool opportunity Mm -hmm. to invest in our relationship with the Lord. And I think the other thing I've been realizing is the uncertainty of how long this is going to last is scary, obviously. And let's say we're like living like this for a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months, as some people are predicting. Most of the research about habits would tell you that it takes like 30 to 40 days to form a habit. And what if we could use this as almost like a mini habit building time to really put these daily practices in our life so that after this, so that life after quarantine, which I know we're all excited for life post coronavirus would actually look different. And that we would actually be different people because of that is so exciting to me. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about, so we're recording this, I don't know when this will come out, but we're recording this towards the end of Lent Mm -hmm. where you're taking 40 days to be with Jesus, press into specific practices, fast from certain things. And even being quarantined, like you said, 30 to 40 days to make a habit. It's like we are in the wilderness in a lot of ways, like Jesus was Mm -hmm. to start off his ministry. And Jesus comes out of those 40 days in, in power to bring in the kingdom to start off his ministry. So part of me is like, oh man, what if this quarantine actually does last 40 days? Like, how cool would that be? And then just the whole global church is just reinforced and reinvigorated yeah, what to if just it's, do ministry work. What if it's exactly 40 days? Oh my gosh, pastors around the world will collectively oh man. lose their minds. If yes, it's exactly that is 40 the sermon days. illustration. That's the yeah. dream, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> if only. I doubt it will. I doubt but it. I if doubt only. it, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> We'll find some way to make it like symbolic and the numbers in 2020 or something. I don't know. There'll be some Ooh, 2020, 2020 vision. 2020 vision. Look, I just did it. Wow. Illustrations wow. just everywhere. Lizzie, could you even just explain for someone who is kind of new to spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices? What do we mean when we talk about that? Yeah, I think that you'll probably hear us use both words, spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices, because disciplines is the one that's more used in kind of globally and in church history, but you know, we're, we're American enough to, I can't think of the word, but push back a little bit at the word discipline. I think practices just doesn't (laughs) authority, gross (laughs) discipline, but I think practices is just an easier word to kind of think about. And it's the things that the citizens of God's kingdom do that show that they are part of that kingdom and help them grow. in what it means to be part of that kingdom is how I think about it. These are the Little things we do throughout the day, every day, we'll talk obviously in detail about what these are. And some are things we do every day. Some are things we only do once in a while, but they're things that really create space for us to encounter God. I think it's important to differentiate that the practices themselves do not make us like God. Uh, The practices themselves do not mature us. They create space to be in God's presence to encounter him and to be formed into his image. I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but Robert Mulholland has my favorite definition of spiritual formation, which is 
being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others, something like that. And basically spiritual practices are what do that in us, are what allow us to come close enough to Jesus for him to make us more like him. Yeah, that's good. How would you describe it? Yeah, so I heard spiritual disciplines growing up and... I can I, imagine I just, you loved that. Teenage Jake oh, was no, like, no. oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Whatever. I'm kidding. Yeah, but I did it because I just thought, well, this is what Christians do. And, <laughs> you know, I want to be a good Christian, so I'm going to read my Bible and pray. And honestly, I had that posture for a long time. But even thinking about spiritual practices are things pulled from the life and teaching of Jesus to help you be more like Jesus. And that same book, uh, Robert Mulholland an invitation to a journey mm-hmm. is that the book mm-hmm. was a big light bulb moment for me in thinking about just like you said spiritual disciplines don't make you more like Jesus but it really just cultivates your heart so that the spirit mm. over time can make you more like Jesus it gets you into a place almost like you are working the ground of your soul through spiritual practices but you don't actually give the growth you can just make the soil ready but you just ask the spirit over time that you might see growth. Yeah. The other reason that it's so important to differentiate them as spiritual practices and to prioritize them. Cause I feel like some people may feel pushback and say, ah, why do we have to have like rules? And why do we have to have like, you know, why can't we just kind of go with the flow and just kind of live the Christian life how we want? Why does it have to be so legalistic or something like that? Which I don't think spiritual practices are at all. Uh, is that I just sense in myself that my life is full of practices. Like my life is full of, though many of them are unintentional, you know, I come in my house and I turn around and lock the door or I walk into a room and I look at my phone. And honestly, I think we all have even more practices than that. I think we all have, this freaks me out to think about, but I think we all have, an order of apps that we look through on our phone. Like we have like a priority, like this, I open maybe email first and then, you know, Instagram and then maybe this or whatever. Those there's tons of unintentional practices. And, you know, a phrase that we've used around Midtown in the past is the things we do, do things to us. We use that in our personal liturgy series a couple of years ago. And that's so evident with these little practices that are forming us to be a kind of a certain kind of person. And so I think spiritual practices for me, feel like pushback, pushing back against all those other practices that are forming me. And when I think about, you know, my own sin plus the culture around us, if I'm not intentional with spiritual practices, I'm being formed into a really selfish, individualistic, I do whatever I want person. And so the spiritual practices are kind of a hard stop for me to say like, no, actually, those are not making me into the person that I actually want to be in Christ and believe Christ will make me into fully one day. So, yeah. Yeah. So even thinking about Romans 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. American, Western individualism, we're all about expressing our true selves, but you're exactly right. We are being told certain beliefs about ourselves and we are doing practices over and over unbeknownst to us, but we're actually being conformed just like everyone else into a very self-centered, selfish person. And so even thinking about the spiritual disciplines as a way of fighting back mm-hmm. against the subtle things that I'm believing day in and day out. Yeah. And, I and think... when I do that, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It's I also, okay. <laughs> we're learning this podcast thing, Jake. We're learning. That's right. Um, when we do those things too, you said this earlier and I just want to reiterate it that spiritual practices may feel unnecessary in the moment sometimes, 
but they reveal who you are when crisis comes and when hard things come. When I think about the disciplines I have in my life and the practices, and then I think about the moments where things have hit the fan and I, everything has fallen apart or someone I love has died or some other horrible thing has happened. First of all, the, the ways that God has formed me in those practices are what allow me to cling to him, but they're the, the only way I keep those practices in hard seasons is because they are habits is because they are practices. Cause when you're in a hard place and when you're in a difficult dry season or a desert, or as we kind of all are right now in this very confusing, scary time, your inclination is probably not to sit down and just be with the Lord. It's probably to turn on Netflix, right. Yeah. To like kind of zone out or to just kind of sit in our sadness. And it is preparation for these hard things. It's preparation for these difficult things, you know? Yeah. Someone on Instagram that I follow was talking about this research from the University of Copenhagen, talking about the Google Analytics across the world, what people have been searching mm. when the pandemic hit their country. And it's interesting, prayer, whenever the pandemic has hit that country, prayer just skyrockets. And so this research was just saying that this is one way people are trying to understand what to do with themselves while they are under quarantine is now there's become this interest in prayer and spiritual things. That is so and yeah, you're exactly right. Just this is a crisis moment. What are we doing? And when the bottom drops out, are we going to run to the spiritual practices or are we going to run to the other things that we've been trying to fill our minds with? Yeah. Evidence of that shows that people are realizing their old way of life just isn't working and they need something more. Yeah. What have uh, spiritual practices looked like for you in quarantine? Have they been different? Have they been the same as your life before? Any ways yeah. you've seen them shift? Spiritual practices, have, it hasn't looked super different, but I just realized the importance of it more now. I'm still waking up at the same time of day to read the Bible and pray, and I'm still having little prayer moments when I'm with my kids just to not lose it because <laughs> they're screaming at me, demanding my attention. But it's now more than ever I'm seeing, oh, I need to do this because if I don't, I'm just going to fall apart so fast. Yeah. This has been a really, I think, sweet moment for our family because we're just kind of all realizing we need structure. We need some practices in place. Uh, it's been honestly really good for us. Yeah. I've, I feel similarly that my actual practices haven't changed that much day to day, but I think a lot of people have wanted to kind of throw practices out the window during this time. Like, you know, people are throwing around kind of silly things like coronacation and weird things like that, that I think are, you know, probably making a little bit too light of a very serious thing. But I think, yeah, for me, it's been similar. It's not actually that the practices are different, but really that I realized how much these practices ground me. And I'm, I mean, I'm certainly am having, like you said, you're having moments of frustration with children and I'm having moments of loneliness and irritability with friends and all these different things. But I am also realizing that as I hear other people, either non-Christians in my life or people like that talk about their level of concern that they have, it does feel different to me. Like I, mm. I realize I'm concerned too, don't get me wrong. And I like to listen to the news and that makes me nervous about the world and how many, you know, people will be affected by this long term. I'm not saying that it's no big deal, but I think there, it's been interesting to realize, man, there has been a part of me that's just not as anxious about 
living life at a different pace. I think that's the thing that I'll say. I mean, the, I think the virus itself probably makes everybody anxious, which in some ways I feel like makes sense and sh- it should. But yeah. the slow pace of life has freaked a lot of people out because they don't know what to do without the ability to be productive without the ability to fill their life with busyness and people and responsibilities and all those things being stripped away is just less scary. The more grounded we are in our relationships with Christ and knowing that that actually continues to be stable and the same, even when the world is definitely not the same. No, that's, that's good. I've even been thinking about, I get to go out on a walk with my kids and just listen to nothing and just take my time and not be in a hurry. Or I can drive to the grocery store and not be in a rush to get to the grocery store. I can just, you know, be at the same level as the grandma driving really slowly in her car. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> hey, we're not going anywhere. Let's just take our time with it. That's so funny. And it's just been such a sweet time. And part of me is even... I am lamenting because I want to be around people and I want to hug people and just, you know, be around them. I am lamenting that. And part of me is going to almost have to readjust back to when the quarantine lifts and we're back to normal life. And it's like, oh man, but this has been such a a sweet time of slowing down. Yeah. I hope people take some of those things into life after coronavirus. I've been struck by that too, how many, how much I'm walking I'm doing and being with friends on walks. And then my neighborhood, I'm like, I didn't even know so many people lived in this neighborhood because now everyone's out walking every night. I didn't even know the streets in my neighborhood. (laughs) And then I've saw some people in their yards and it's like, oh, you go to my church. Hello, friend. Didn't even know that's happened. That's happened a handful of times. I walked two blocks in a direction. Oh, you live close to me. That's so funny. So I'm in full-time ministry as my job. And I took my first sabbatical in the fall sabbatical, just being like a thing in ministry mostly, but sometimes professors get them too. It's time to step away and kind of re be recharged and restored for the next season of ministry. And People have joked with me when the coronavirus thing started and students, college students went home. And so they're doing virtual classes. They said, oh, sabbatical part two, sabbatical part two. And I really pushed back against that. I was like, it's not sabbatical part two. I'm doing virtual ministry and it's actually a lot of work. But I realized that sabbatical in a lot of ways prepared me for this season Mm. of slowing because I actually feel like everyone is being forced into a little bit of a mini sabbatical and not the same because people are still working and doing their jobs. But that is what freaked me out at the beginning of sabbatical was like, Oh, I need to go get something from the store. Oh, I'm just going to go to the store and then get it and then come home. Like I'm not going to do it (laughs) on the way to do a million other things and run in the store as fast as I can and get it. It's just like that speed of life. And I, and I actually, one of my biggest takeaways from sabbatical was, wow, I feel like this is the pace of life we were meant to live. Like I think, Mm. We were meant to be able to just take walks with people and take walks with our families and take walks with our friends. But how many of us live a pace of life where we can do that? You know, so I think this is actually not that this is a good thing. This is a hard and stressful thing that's going on in the world. And yet so beautiful that God in his graciousness can use it for good in our lives and form us in good ways. Yeah. When we come out of the quarantine, whether that's 40 days or... 40 years from now. Oh my, I haven't considered the 40 year option. (laughs) It's very pessimistic (laughs) that we will come out of it. And my hope and prayer is as the church globally, we can come out of this with this renewed sense of appreciation and just having this slowed down pace of life. And that's going to be really beautiful to a world that lives on 
hurry mm -hmm. and anxiousness and busyness that people will see our pace of life and be drawn to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Me too. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure and subscribe so that you can keep up to date with new episodes as we come out with them. Also, make sure to check out our website, followingjesustogether.com. We have loads of resources there for you to help you build these spiritual practices into your life to help you look more like Jesus. And lastly, we would love to hear from you if you have stories about how these practices have helped your life recently, or if you have questions for us, we would love to hear those. We have our contact info in the show notes along with loads of book recommendations. So shoot us an email and we'll see you next time.